All right. In the parking lot service this morning, we have a, a little paper program that uh, we pass out as cars drive in the parking lot, and it has the words to the songs that are being sung that day. And uh, what was noticed today, fairly quickly, but after some cars had already come in, that uh, we accidentally forgot to throw away the programs from a couple of weeks ago. And we were handing out uh, the uh, programs from November 1st. And had the wrong song on it. So when we realized that, we uh, found the correct ones and we got them passed out. About 40 people came to the uh, parking lot service this morning. And since we're all doing everything outside, uh, we uh, had our coats on and uh, we got her done and enjoyed our time together. Reminded me of uh, one time when uh, a a person was reading the uh, scripture lesson from uh, the Bible during a worship service. And he read the, the lesson, but it didn't seem to fit. And by the time he got done with the lesson, he realized he was reading the wrong passage. And so, uh, not to be undone, when he got done reading, he uh, looked at the congregation and said, thus ends the reading of the wrong epistle. And then he went back to his seat. Sometimes things just happen, and that's the story of our lives, isn't it? But I'm going to read from the one that we've designated for today, which is 1 Corinthians 13. This is the epistle that uh, Paul wrote, or the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. I don't know whether it was a flash of inspiration, but what he shared with them has become so important and popular that we remember it to this day as one of the classic texts of the Bible. Many people memorize it. I'm working on it anyway. And uh, Paul had already rehearsed gifts of the Spirit that come. And uh, then he says, let me show you a more excellent way. And then he writes, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith so as to remove even the mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Now listen to this next part closely because these are things you and I can do today whether we're in our homes, whether we're quarantining or whether we're in the hospital on the mend. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at the wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, 
and endures all things. Did you hear the word endures? Endures all things. And then the great apostle said, love never ends. And he goes on to describe several ways in which other things will end, that all of the trappings of this world will eventually fade away and will pass away. The good things and, fortunately, the bad things. But he says there's one quality that will never pass away, and that is love. And he ends this classic text by saying, let love be your highest priority in life. That 1 Corinthians 13, there you have it. Now from Matthew 13, Jesus is talking about some little things in the form of parables. The disciples were a little curious by this time. Why do you keep speaking to us in parables? We don't understand them. And sometimes they have to be explained, and Jesus did that for his listeners. But hopefully you'll heed the words when he says in verse 31, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a person who sowed a seed in his field, a mustard seed. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Then he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Now, yeast isn't very big if you've worked with it. Like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Little tiny things, the mustard seed and some yeast. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Rabbi Harold Kushner is the Rabbi Emeritus now at Temple Israel in Natick, Massachusetts. He's written a lot of books, including When Bad Things Happen to Good People or When All I've Ever Wanted is Not Enough. He also wrote a book entitled Living a Life That Matters. And in that, I've lifted out a statement that he made that rocked my world. He said, it's not the prospect of death that frightens most people. People can accept the inescapable fact of mortality. What frightens them more is the dread of insignificance. The notion that we will be born and live and one day die and none of it will matter. Now, what about us? Will our lives have mattered? He goes on to say, you don't have to do great things, headline-grabbing deeds to matter to the world. 
Everyone who puts in an honest day's work, everyone who goes out of his or her way to help a neighbor, everyone who makes a child laugh changes the world for the better. The takeaway that I gleaned from what he had to say is what I also read in these biblical texts that come to us time and time again. It's not the major things that you do in life that make the difference. It's the multitude of little decisions that we make every single day that defines our character and the character of the world in which we live. Now, Rabbi Kushner, if you ever get a chance to read this book, Living a Life That Matters, He mentions two qualities that are small indeed, but which are huge in voting for a better world. He names them goodness and love. Listen a little bit about goodness. He writes, each person who chooses to be generous rather than selfish, to be truthful rather than deceptive, to be holy rather than immoral, to put respect and honor above personal desire, each person who does this represents a vote for a better world. And oh, how we need votes for a better world in this area of goodness today. There's an old folktale about a village that was planning a New Year's Eve gala celebration in the town square. Every inhabitant of the village was asked to contribute one bottle of wine. And when they came to the celebration, each one would pour the wine into a giant vat in that town square. And then at midnight, that vat would be open to everyone to drink and usher in the new year. (laughs) Well, at midnight, the town fathers opened up the spigots of that vat and everyone was able to fill their glass with wine for the new year's toast. But they discovered that when they raised their glasses for the toast, each glass wasn't filled with wine, it was filled with water. What? Water. It seemed like everyone in the town had the same idea. If all my neighbors bring expensive wine, nobody will notice if I bring a bottle of water. And the lesson of this story is, in a town where everyone cheats, everyone is cheated. But it's just a little thing. A mask is just a little thing. Oh, I think you get the point. And Rabbi Kushner says, so be good. Every little act of goodness is a vote for a better world. It's as simple as that. That's like a mustard seed, which can expand to fill a great area. It's like yeast, which makes a fluffy loaf of bread. Be good. And then he encourages his readers 
to love. That's another simple thing that we can do. One of the basic needs of every human being, he writes, is the need to be loved, to have our wishes and feelings taken seriously, to be validated as people who matter. And here again, it's not the big things that matter, it's the little things. Like using those words, I love you. When was the last time you used those words? Use them. It's simple. It takes very little breath to do that. I had a husband once tell me, well, she ought to know I love her by the things I do. I bring home the bacon. I mow the yard. I fix the car. I paint the house. Least she can do is fix me supper. But his wife had a full-time job. And I suggested to him, why don't you cook once in a while? Or stop by Hog Wild and, and pick up a, a pre-prepared meal. But don't be late. They close at 8. Which to me says, now is the time to share the love. And the Apostle Paul says it's really very easy. Love that is patient and kind. Practice patience. It'll do you good. Kindness, be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's scripture. And according to Paul, there's nothing greater in the world that we can do than to exhibit the love of God through our lives. It's a little thing, but it's quite doable right now. So I invite you to turn to someone else in the living room with you who's listening in and say, I love you. Do it. It won't hurt. Might even make you feel nervous, but it'll make you smile. And if you're the only one in your room, then when this service is over, you get on the telephone and you call up someone and you say, I just want you to know I love you. And there is nothing you can do about it. It's okay. It won't take you but just a minute. Now, we're proud of all of our girls and our family. We have Christy, Carrie, and Kelly, and we have a, a young man, Gage. We're so proud of them and all that they do. But this, uh, about a week ago, our middle daughter, Carrie, sent me a text. Now, Carrie is an HR manager for a major company in Denver, Colorado. She also served in the Navy and has a master's degree in trumpet performance. A dad has a right to brag a little, doesn't he? Well, she sent me a text. It was a long text. She said, this might be one of the more random things I've ever messaged you on, but I have a sermon topic for you to consider. It's called A Million Little Moments. And she said that she had just given a presentation to her company, to employees. And she called it A Million Little Moments. Now, her presentation was about how to impact company culture for the good. And she felt it's super relevant to all of us. The concept behind it is that company culture is not influenced by one major initiative or event, but rather a million little moments that each one of us has the power and ability 
to influence. So often now, we feel like the outcome of this election determines everything about our future. Some are happy, some are extremely disappointed, and our world is going to be different because of that. And she says, I'd argue that we have much more power and control than that. Culture is a living, breathing organism that we influence every day in our million little moments. We can't control the media. We can't control the government. We can't control so many things. But we can control how we treat people. We can control how we react. We can control holding the door open for someone in need or listening without distraction. We can recognize someone for a job well done. We can bring the cheerful demeanor to a meeting when everyone else is overworked and underpaid and feeling defeated. Or we can have a sense of humor when someone is down. We can pay it forward to someone in need or find the good where others are struggling to see it. These million little moments snowball into a bigger movement. Wow, brilliant. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of my other kids. They teach us so much if we'll just listen. A million little moments. Now that brings our world down to bite-sized components that we can deal with. We can't control the big things that are happening to us and all around us, but we can We can control the little things. Someone asked one time, how do you eat an elephant? It's too big. And someone else replied, one bite at a time. Now that's doable. That's really what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about the the kingdom of heaven, how expansive that is, but it all starts with a mustard seed of faith with a little glimmer of hope, and Jesus brings that to us. Or with a little bit of yeast. I used to help my mom bake bread, and she let me open the packet of yeast and put it in some warm water, and then she did her magic with it, and the bread turned out delicious. Those million little moments make a difference. Well, the point is, We can move forward in the midst of our questions and in the midst of that which seems uncontrollable because we can flavor the world with our giftedness. I believe that God has uniquely gifted each one of us to change the world, each one of us. So change the world with your unique giftedness. You may not grab front page headlines You may not make the Guinness Book of World Records. You may not hit the annals of Wikipedia or who's who. You simply do what God has given you to do. Follow the energy he has given you to use. Be a contribution with what you have. And the landscape of life will be forever better for the whatever you have to give contribution. It's a beautiful thought, isn't it?
It makes it seem like we can change the world. We can have some power over the things that limit us. And it is in the little things. Kushner says, goodness and love. Jesus said, mustard seeds and yeast. I don't know about you, but I'm going to count up all those little things and see what I can do to change the landscape of the world with the unique giftedness I've been given. God bless you all. And thank you, Carrie, for helping Dad with his sermon today. Amen.